Welcome to episode 8 of Sullying the Lad. This week we have an extremely special guest and a personal fitness hero of mine. Recently described by Paul the Coach Wade, the author of Convict Conditioning, as one of the greatest calisthenic coaches on the planet, Mr. Danny Cavadlo of New York City. We hope you enjoy it. Okay, welcome to a very, very, I'm so excited I can hardly speak, exciting episode of Sullying the Lad with Dom from Dom Lad Personal Training and Chris from Grizzlies in Horsham. We have got a very exclusive special guest for you today in the form of Mr. Danny Cavadlo. How are you doing, sir? I am spectacular. I want to thank you for having me here on Sullying the Lad and taking a little bit of time to talk training and working out and life, and we'll see what happens over here. So I'm, I'm very excited to, to get this party started. Awesome. Yeah, we're really, 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 we're really grateful for you coming on, and uh, let's just get into it. So people know who me and Chris are by now, hopefully. Um, I know very well who you are, but would you like to tell us a bit about yourself? I'll tell you a little bit about myself uh, for those who don't know me, which is Pretty much most people. Uh, my name is Danny Cavallo. I'm a personal trainer in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, around, I guess, the 2010s, I started getting some attention for body weight strength training, calisthenics workouts. And it was a time when, hey, look, I'm a strength training guy. I, at the time, was working for a fitness chain. I was a personal training manager. I'd been doing it a while. Um, at the time, the internet was blowing up. My brother, Al, had a YouTube channel where he was talking about body weight stuff, uh, which is equipment-free exercise, uh, pretty much just using your own body leverage as opposed to external resistance. And the thing started gaining traction. We started gaining some attention. Fast forward the last 10 or so years, or the past 10 or so years, at this point, my brother and I, along with Dragon Door Publications, have put out a progressive calisthenics certification, which is a body weight strength training certification. It's the first one. There are a lot now. When we launched it in 2013, it was the only one. Um, and we are doing one coming up in New York that is the only one currently scheduled for 2021 because of obvious pandemic reasons. Uh, but all that aside, in addition to that, I put out uh, six books myself, different aspects of exercise and mentality towards exercise and mentality towards health and wellness. And I still work as a personal trainer here in New York City. That's always been my main thing. But yeah, you could always buy the book at Strong. It's the 16-week transformation program written by me and my brother Al. And then I got Diamond Cut Abs, Strength Rules. All three of these books went to number one on Amazon. But really, man, I'm just some dude named Danny, and uh, I like to work out. I like to help people. I like to uh, try to promote wellness in a very unwell world, it seems. That's a long story short, or the long story less long. <laughs> That's what I wanted to ask you about. What's come across, what comes across to me in, in your books and Al's books is you're both really honest about your training and about the fitness industry, because there's a lot of 
misconceptions and a lot of fallacies and they try and selling you all this stuff that gets everyone wants instant results all the time but your books really promote fitness as a lifelong and uh, a lifelong journey basically um is that something you've always believed in and that's always been the core of your ethos it's hard to say always because you know i'm i'm, I'm 46 years old i've been in the fitness business for a long time in, in different avenues even before anyone who i knew who i was on the internet i was working as a trainer in new york city i was supporting a family as a trainer uh so always no of course i tried a million different things i want people to learn from what i have built up you know you got to understand like in pre-internet times all you had was word of mouth and what was in the magazines and that was it uh which was better in some ways too uh because things had to endure a little bit more and and not just be presented a certain way uh so i mean in terms of what we promote in terms of uh no bs and not needing a whole lot. I mean, I, I think that's true. So I think when me and Al started getting a little bit of attention in terms of uh, notoriety as people who were making public appearances, and I spoke at Idea two years ago, uh, and, and, and doing this stuff, we didn't mind talking about the misconceptions in the fitness industry because we had both walked away from careers in the fitness industry to be independent. What happened was, you know, I mean, I was, I was, if you go back, I don't know, several years, I was working, I was a personal training manager in a fitness chain. It wasn't even that corporate of a chain. It was a New York City chain, but it was very budget minded. Uh, it was, it was a sales gig and I was good at it. You know, I, I, I'm great at selling personal training, you know, because I believe in it and I never lie. Uh, there were other people that didn't believe in it and sometimes lied. I was cool with it because. I was good at selling it because I could look someone in the eye and tell them the truth and, and maybe get them a little bit fired up about it and then hook them up with the trainer who mentored under me uh, who could get them results. So when we got into this too, you know, we were a little annoyed at the company we worked for. That's why we quit. Uh, there were certain things. I was constantly butting heads with, with, with certain people higher up uh, in terms of my director, which is funny because the director was a job I turned down because I, I didn't want to do it. And I would be like, you never put up, I was the first choice. I was like, yeah, you never put up numbers like me, whatever, go fuck yourself, blah, 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 blah. So when I left, I did not mind coming forward and saying, fuck this, you don't need a gym trying to bang you over the head for, for two years up front and 100 sessions. Here's what you need, less than you think you need. Um, that was already my mentality in terms of equipment. And, but we did the whole thing. You know, when I started working out, I, I didn't know what calisthenics was or body weight. Uh, I had two brothers. We're going up in Brooklyn, New York. I was born in 1974. Uh, what did we do to work out? We did push-ups on the floor. That was it. We had push-up contests. Uh, that was the extent of my working out from age 11 until maybe 14, 15, where we put up a chin-up bar, and I had an uncle who gave us an old rusty weight bench. Um, and then from there, getting more into fitness, of course, as a personal trainer, I tried everything, you know, sandbags, machines, uh, kettlebells. Uh, everything. But ultimately, I like the stuff that's simple. The simple stuff has lasted forever. Now, that just doesn't go for gym memberships as opposed to gym membership versus, uh, hey, you don't need to pay in full for two years to use a machine. But it goes for the machine itself. It goes for the exercise equipment. Calisthenics, bodyweight training, it's very minimal. You use yourself and your environment around you. 
Uh, even free weights. I'll put that in that category too. Picking up heavy stuff. That's legit. Yeah. That's legit. You pick up a, a heavy kettlebell or a barbell or a stone or whatever or deadlift something, that's 100% legit. You're moving something heavy. Uh, that's real. But in terms of, of, of like fly-by-night fitness trends, uh, whether they come in the form of a uh, ridiculous piece of equipment, a vibrating thing with springs or whatever, or whether it comes in the face of a in the in the in the in the face of a trendy diet or a trendy meme or whatever, it's uh, the basics yeah. work. And you know, it goes for workouts too. You know, there's hot new workouts, this and that. But if you go to the gym. You know, the people who are in the best shape are doing A, either the simple things or B, at the very least, some variation of the simple thing. Um, if they're not doing squats, they're probably doing some variation sure. of a squat. They're most usually not, you know, jumping on one foot on a flaming BOSU or something <laughs> like that. So when me and Al came along, I'm giving a very long way to answer your question now. It was... Uh, we, we were kind of mad. Like, I'm way less mad now than I was then, too. <laughs> so now it's just like, hey, this is what we do, whatever, man. Don't hate. But back then, it was like, we were like, fuck this jive everywhere. What the fuck is everybody talking about? Like, like, like why? So I think, I think people liked what we were putting out there because we took what people thought was complex and made it very simple. Whereas a lot of people out there with an audience and with a voice were taking what, what, what we thought was very simple or should be very simple and making it very complex. And I think us distilling things down uh, really resonated with people. And the people it resonated with wasn't necessarily your, your, your high school athlete or whatever. It was, it was, it was grown up. It was people who were like, yeah, I want to I wanna get in better shape. Okay, I can't listen to this guy trying to sell me this snake oil or whatever. These dudes are speaking my language. All right, that guy's in his 40s. All right, he's got a kid too, whatever. Um, and I think that resonated with people 100%. also. I think that's that's where I discovered you guys first was on uh, YouTube. It was Al. Al I, I saw a video of Al, and I was trying to get into training and stuff. And I'd always, I'd always been interested in bodyweight training, but I saw this video of Al. Just, I, I don't know the name of your local park, but it was your local park on the pull-up bars and everything. And I just watched him like, fuck me that's proper he just walked on and went i'm al cavadlo and we're working out and it was just yeah. like he just started doing one-legged squats he was doing muscle-ups he was doing l-sits he was just the whole thing and i was just like that's what i want to do that's proper that's no nonsense and then yeah. the nicest thing in his video is i think the next one next to it was he broke down progressions for a pistol squat so straight away he's going this is what i do and this is how i did it and i was like wow, no one's done this before. Like you say, there's so many guys doing all this amazing stuff on the bar, but they don't then turn around and go, this is how I got there. And I think that was really refreshing for me mm. and what's got me into you guys and how you train. Awesome. You know, you said a couple of things there too. You know, Al and pistol squats, I got to say this. Anybody listening, my brother Al Cavadlo has a new book on Amazon about Should pistol I go and get squats. It? I've got it. And it's, <laughs> It's amazing. It's amazing. It is the most informative, thorough materials ever compiled about pistol squats. But what I was going to say, well, I'm, I'm going to wait for Dom to get back. So in the meantime, I'm just going to talk about this book for a second. 
with passing the pistol by my brother, Al Cavadlo. It has the progressions. It has the workouts. It has uh, advanced progressions. There it is. Okay. So now that you're back, I was going to say that, you know, you, I, I gave a, a little rant about uh, Al's book, but what I was going to say is that you mentioned that his video on YouTube got you into his stuff and then later my stuff. He has a very unique skill to take things and like dial them into like three steps. And it's just what we were talking about a minute ago about, about uh, taking things that maybe people perceive as complex and making them simple. He's very good at, at taking things and making them very digestible. And he's also good at YouTube. Kids made like hundreds of videos. I'm like, this is great. I can make one whenever and people are going to still find me. So uh, I'm, I owe a lot of debt over there. That's awesome. I was going to ask you about, I wanted to go back quickly to your growing up in Brooklyn, Brooklyn sorry, your environment and how much that impacted you and sort of made your character and how you trained. Because you mentioned in your book, in your Diamond Cut Abs book about wanting to get in strength in shape and get strong to basically not get your ass kicked on the way home from school every day. I mean, was it quite a tough place to be at the time in the eighties and nineties? I grew up, I was born in 1974 in, in Brooklyn, New York. So when I went to elementary school, uh, I started elementary school or kindergarten or whatever in, in 79. So I went to elementary school in the eighties and I came of age in the eighties and nineties. And it, it really was very different. You know, I don't want to paint a picture that, oh, I grew up in the roughest <laughs> neighborhood in the world. I did. But Brooklyn was very different yeah. back then. Um, I grew up in deep, deep Brooklyn. I mean, Brooklyn is getting real hipsterfied right now. And even the hipsters are like, what? You live on that side of the park? Even still to this day, I live in deep, deep Brooklyn. Um, so... Back then, that is why we worked out. That's not bullshit, you know? <laughs> Anytime you write a book, you choose what to present and what not to present and what to frame and how to frame it. But that's no lie, you know? Uh, even when I was, like, in junior high school, you know, I loved rock and roll. I grew my hair long. Back then, it was funny, man. People abused us for that shit, <laughs> you know? <laughs> that's ridiculous. amazing. I wanted to ask you about that. Ridiculous, yeah. But, you know, you're talking about, like, 1988 now at this point, you know? Like, <laughs> you so, that dude. Uh, you know, you, you, we definitely definitely got in it uh, partially for that reason. That's cool. Uh, I think also another thing that, that I talked about, perhaps not in, in Diamond Cut Abs, but I think in Strength Rules, was about getting into working out, being a physical person, but not being, like, necessarily a sports person. Yeah. Uh, a person uh, that, that, that plays athletic sports, which I think is awesome. Uh, that's just never been something I've personally gravitated to in terms of physical culture. So I like the non-competitive aspect of just pursuing uh, working out. You know, of course, you know, growing up in Brooklyn also, you know, Lou Ferrigno was a local <laughs> Brooklyn oh, hero wow. at that time. <laughs> Incredible Hulk. So, you know, I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was legit. And he's also from Deep Brooklyn. He's from Sheepshead okay. Bay. So, uh, it's, 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 uh, yeah, it was, it was definitely, it was definitely in, in the air, you know, I mean, and, and, you know, working out is fun. It's like right now to take it to the present. Uh, my son is 14 and my godson is 18 and my son's best friend is 15 
And we do a thing here called Friday Fit Club. And the guys work out. We've been doing it for years, for three, four years now. And I'm so happy for it, especially during this friggin' pandemic. Yeah. Like these guys, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to get on on the pandemic thing because that'll be a four-hour <laughs> yeah. podcast. We'll do that next time. <laughs> I can't go there. Yeah, maybe we won't do that publicly. But uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, for whatever reason, I'm in New York City. And they're saying high schools are going to open in two weeks. We'll see what happens. Yeah. But right now, my son is a freshman in high school. And what we're doing right now, he does eight times a day yeah. in a row. And that is not good for your body or your brain or your heart or your soul. I mean, they're all doing that. So doing Friday Fit Club is good. These guys are doing pull-ups. You know, these guys are doing deadlifts. That's part of what got me more, too, the pandemic. And working out with the guys, like I've been getting more into weight training, believe it or not, because I got the equipment here right before the pandemic, uh, a local gym in the city donated some equipment to me, meaning they replaced it. And they're like, do you want it? And I was like, yeah, I'm training more people at home, blah, blah, blah. And then this happened. And, and it's great because these guys could have their gym upgraded. Uh, so it's, 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 it's cool. You know, it's, 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 it's gotta be. It's got to be integrated yeah. in people, you know, whether you're into sports or whatever. Um, and it's the same thing with working out, too. It's like uh, I've, I've had clients that have worked with me in the past that hated working out. And I try to find things that they like. And if they hate working out with me, they shouldn't continue working out with me. Maybe they could find something they like better. Maybe they should join a volleyball league or, or, or you know, uh, join somewhere with a pool or whatever. But, but it's, it's got to be... Uh, a, whatever motivates you, in, in the case of us, the childhood, uh, you don't want to get your ass kicked walking home from school, but to the point, then it becomes, okay, not what motivates yeah. you. It's what you, what you got to really make a part of your yeah. life. And in between there, you might find something you like, but even once you find something you like, you're still going to do it when you're not motivated by it. That's how you stay in shape. Uh, habits, consistency, yeah. and all that stuff. So whatever gets you started in it, uh, it just becomes something you must continue to do consistently for a really long time, probably forever. Yeah. <laughs> that's how it works. That's, that's what I like because you kind of say, and that's what uh, in your book you're like, you've been doing this, what, 25 years, 25 plus years? And you're like. I don't even know. I feel like I'm a thousand years old. I don't in, even know what's, in what's your going book, on like, for. Every day is you're like, present. I'm just getting started. And it's like, oh my God. Yeah. Oh yeah. We're getting we're just warm. warming up. <laughs> we're getting warm. I'm not at middle age yet. I'm 46, I think. Uh, I'm 47 in the country. What's the number? Um, this is going on a long time. <laughs> we're just getting warm over yeah. here. You know? <laughs> so I want to ask you about uh for me, uh, I've not long qualified as a personal trainer. I've always liked fitness and but now I'm into my forties. I've actually got what I consider to be my strongest and fittest now following mostly Al and you guys, basically. And I'm completely hooked now. And if I don't work out, I'm like, oh. Oh. you just but made my day. Now I'm on the quest. Now I want to be added. I'm on the one legged, I'm on the pistol squat quest. I want to muscle up. I want to do the L sits. I want to get all this stuff down. I'm getting my handstand pushups down. But what surprises me is when I, I'm, I get so excited about it and I try and impart it onto other people. A lot of people think body weight training is just for, as a bit of a warm up and a bit of endurance training, they don't seem to understand that you can use it progressively to get stronger. But if someone is really interested in starting, what would be your 
your top tips for people to try to focus on to sort of find a path into it that they can progress on? Well, a couple of things. Uh, you know, you mentioned tips to get started, but uh, even before that, you know, a lot of people do have that impression of calisthenics because. There's a great many people that when they think about calisthenics, they're thinking about jumping jacks and sit-ups, and that's legit. Uh, there's nothing wrong with having that impression, but in terms of thinking of it as a warm-up, the calisthenics things that are a warm-up for weight training are also calisthenics things that are a warm-up for advanced calisthenics. So... Either way, when you're doing strength training, your body or your muscles are going to react to progressive resistance, progressive overload. So if I'm doing a barbell squat, which is a great exercise, and to be clear, it's not exactly like a pistol squat, but if I'm doing a barbell squat, I can keep adding weight to it, doing the same movement making it more progressive resistance by adding the external load. If I'm doing bodyweight squats, well, I'm not going to add resistance to it because then it's not a bodyweight squat. I don't have any equipment because I'm just doing this in the forest because I train in the jungle by a tree. <laughs> and I'm going to just do this uh, bodyweight stuff. So how do I progress it? I need to overload it. So something like a pistol squat. Now I'm taking away how much weight is in one limb and adding it to the other. So there's all these ways of progressing an exercise, whether it's through leverage, uh, elevating your feet for a push-up, or removing a limb like a pistol squat or a one-arm push-up, or uh, weight-to-limb ratio in other ways, like a one-arm-assisted archer pull-ups, things like that. Uh, there's always ways of progressing things without adding external resistance. Nothing wrong with adding external resistance, but there's ways of progressing without adding external resistance. So my tip for people getting started in calisthenics, that being said, would be to get good at the basics. Yeah. You're doing the weight training. You're going to be doing the same movement pattern, just adding more to it. I'm doing my curls. Okay, boom, boom, boom. Now I'm doing heavier curls. Uh, I might change some hand positions, go wider, go closer to target, uh, different heads of the bicep. But for the most part, a curl is a curl. Uh, when we're doing calisthenics, when we're working, uh, an exercise such as biceps, we might make adjustments in body weight curls or in chin-ups or even one-arm flex hangs, one-arm one arm negatives, things like that. So I'd say to get good at the basic, at your pull-ups. Same thing, you had mentioned pistol squats earlier. Um, nobody's got to worry about pursuing a pistol squat until they're very, very solid at doing your squats, doing your lunges, doing your hip bridges doing your very, very basic lower body exercise uh, and upper body exercises, pull-ups, push-ups, dip. Or if you're not ready for a pull-up, then some regress version by the same token. We talked about how calisthenics exercises can get more advanced. Uh, we can also scale them down uh, for a more beginner-oriented. You know, if you can't do a pull-up yet, hey, man, let's face it, we all got the internet. It looks like everyone and their mama could do a muscle-up. That stuff is hard. That stuff is hard. Even a pull-up is hard. Um, so these exercises, it doesn't mean jump on the bar and try to do a pull-up and, and, and fail at it. There are ways of doing it too. Use a step. Try to get into the top position and hold, hold, hold. Come down slow. Uh, do it on a low bar with your feet on the ground and hit it at a different angle so you're not so loaded in the upper body. 
So that's really what progressive calisthenics is about. It's about taking the basics, but then modifying the exercise rather than doing an exercise, then modifying how much weight is on it. We're using the same weight, which is just you, which is whatever you weigh. And then we're modifying the exercise that we do with the same resistance, which is you. Uh, And by changing the exercise with what we just talked about, using either weight to limb ratios or points of contact or leverage or asymmetry or things like that, length of the body. Uh, Why is a leg raise harder than a knee raise? Things like that. Why is a push-up on the knee easier than a classic push-up? Then through using those things, we could progress the exercise and scale them to whatever's appropriate. Awesome. Thank you. Have you got any? Do you want to come in, Chris? Yeah, I've been yeah, sure. all the um, questions. <laughs> that's all right, mate. No worries. Um, so, Danny, my background, I'm not, I'm not a PT. I'm, I'm your, your kind of regular punter, if you like, someone that goes to the gym. Um, and I met Dom because I own a, a barbershop and uh, he was one of my clients. And, um, yeah, it's really inspirational listening to you, mate. You're so, so passionate. Um, I just wanted to ask you a couple of things that are not directly fitness related, um, but kind of more business side of things and a little bit personal. Um, I want to know what your biggest inspiration is. Um, quite a hard one to answer sometimes, or sometimes someone has a really clear answer because they use it every day to, to motivate themselves. So, yeah, what's your, what's your biggest inspiration? My biggest inspiration, I mean, right now, I mean, I'm a dad. My son is my biggest inspiration. I got yeah. nobody that inspires me to get up really, really early and work hard uh, more than my son, Wilson Cash Cavadlo. He's far none my biggest inspiration in life and in the world. As far as fitness figures go, I got two answers. Number one is my, my biggest inspirations are probably all the obvious ones, but also some less obvious ones. You know, my inspirations aren't necessarily from YouTube. It's from people I see at Prospect Park when yeah. I go there. It's uh, from, from people I see at Tompkins Square Park when I go there. It's people that are there in the morning that don't have an Instagram or whatever, but I see them again and again and again. Uh, so in terms of fitness, I'm inspired by them. Um, and then the other way to answer it is in terms of, inspiration it doesn't really matter right because whether we're inspired or not we still got to show up at the gym and work out so <laughs> it's kind of tricky uh but in terms of, of 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 bigger name guys it's just people that i dig uh you know i love dan john i love reading his stuff he's been in the game longer than anybody and he's a genius taking things that other people make complicated and making them simple Obviously, I love Paul Wade, the author of Convict Conditioning. I've been pretty closely tied in with him for a while. Uh, but there's, there's, there's a lot of good cats out there that I like what they're doing. I like Athlean X. I like what he's putting out there, Jeff Cavalieri. Uh, there's some good cats, Jason Perugia, always talking about good strength stuff. So there's a lot of great, great uh, information available right now. Uh, sadly, there's also a lot of horrendous yeah. information available right now, which is, you know, yeah. it's all good and nothing's all bad. So, yeah, so that's my, my several inspirations and my no inspiration. What's, <laughs> what's been your biggest challenge from a, from a business perspective? What's been the biggest hurdle that you've managed to get over and um, really push on from? What's kind of challenged you the most? 
Uh, from a business perspective, in terms of personal training, yeah, both. Um, yeah, I mean, well, I, honestly, like people think that this, you know, we, we, you had mentioned Dom earlier, uh, you know, dispelling certain things and yeah. whatever. Uh, one of the things that I want to dispel is that is that working as a trainer or working in the fitness industry is somehow easy. There's a lot of people think that trainers just hang out in the gym and work out all the time. And it's like, no, you're running a business and you want to run your business like a business. Some people don't do that. But in terms of biggest challenge, it's like, look, when I became a trainer, a personal trainer, it was actually when my son was just born. And I was at the time, I was working out. I was, I was doing fitness stuff for myself. And I had you know, gotten a lot of people I worked with to, to work out. At the time, I wasn't doing fitness for a job. And when he was born, I wanted to do fitness as a job. So I quit my job with, with, with a, a baby um, and a new mortgage and a, and a new wife. Uh, and, you know, the, the mortgage is still here. The kid is still here. The <laughs> wife is gone. Thank goodness. But uh, <laughs> that's another story, too. Uh, but, you know, it was a challenge. You know, I was starting a new job at, at age uh, 30 or 31. As a junior level one rookie trainer yeah. with, with guys that were like 18, 19 years old that didn't really have the need to make money that I had. You know, now fortunately that worked in my favor because I was a fucking animal and I had had a lot of jobs. <laughs> and I was a road dog. I've been on the road doing a lot of different things. Uh, but that was a yeah. challenge, man. I mean, they don't give you clients. You have to be at the gym and you have to sell them. Uh, so I'd be putting in hours from like 6 a.m. to 9 p.m., 10 p.m., five, six, seven days a week. Uh, then the other bigger challenge I had was after, and I rose very fast in that company. I mentioned I became a fitness manager with these guys. Uh, and when I, when I left, though, I had to build a whole new clientele. Yeah. What a lot of people do when they leave a gym is they take all their clients with them. Like, hey, I'm going to yeah, yeah. leave in. The gym is charging <laughs> I'll charge you 60 to come train with me up the street. I didn't do that. As a matter of fact, I made sure that everyone who knew me at the gym renewed with somebody. Uh, I was the training manager. I told people I was leaving. The guy who's replacing me is going to be great. Blah, 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 blah. I also, uh, sadly, this gym has closed due to COVID, which is a whole other thing. We'll do that for the five-hour podcast. But uh, I even held over sales for the next manager so he would have a good start. Because that's the way yeah. I rock. You know, It's like, you, 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 I, I'm not a shady dude. Yeah. You know. So a big challenge that I, that I faced at that time, however, was uh, building a, a business. Yeah. And I wound up you know, working as an independent trainer for a couple of years, and I built a business, and then I lost some business, and I wound up going back and working for a chain for a while, uh, even after I had somewhat of a name. Uh, you know, I didn't necessarily advertise or yeah. whatever, but like, yo, man, uh, I was a single dad. I was like, hey, you know, I got to do whatever. So I think, you know, I, I think that's something that me and Al resonate with people with too, is like, we, 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 we weren't given anything or we didn't have anything or we don't have like an athletic background or superior genetics or a connection with one thing or the other. Uh, you know, we just, we just tell it like it is a little bit. And I think that that sadly is incredibly rare these days. Yeah. You know? I think people are becoming a little bit 
you know, clearer with it now. I think um, people are beginning to push past all these like bright coloured adverts of like new products and all this kind of stuff. And I feel like the last year or so, people are starting to think a little bit um, more back to basics in many ways. Um, and yeah, I think exercise, I think Don said um, like, you know, the, if you go back to like Roman times and she's huge kind of um, guys in the Vikings and stuff, right? They just worked out with the basics, right? There was there was no gyms, right. like well, the, the modern gym is a fairly yeah, new yeah. invention. You know, human fitness is not no, new; exactly. it's been around millennia. The modern gym is a fairly new invention. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing, uh, but 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 it doesn't mean that we need it to be sure. in shape. You know what I mean? Uh, so I'm I'm with you on that. But you know, you mentioned how things have gotten simple in the in the last year. And that's true for obvious reasons. And, you know, it's funny. It's like me and Al started putting out a lot more content with that in mind. It's like, because everybody's coming out over the yeah. last year and because of like, here's the minimal equipment workout you could do at home with nothing, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, dude, we've been saying this <laughs> yeah. for 10 years, like on a public level, like, hey, here's so much stuff you can do with nothing. Or with a bar, or with a box, or with a step, or uh, here's how you could hit your full body in 30 minutes. Uh, we have a column with Train Magazine that we've had for years. We put out a 15-minute workout every month, uh, sometimes a full-body workout, something progressing towards uh, muscle-up, for example, uh, or sometimes uh, upper body or lower body or a certain thing. But that's dozens and dozens and dozens of workouts over the years, and plus, you know, six books. Uh, all, all body weight stuff. And one of the things we did at the start of the pandemic was uh, we gave away free ebook for our book at Strong, the equipment free thing. Because we, we were just like, fuck this shit, man. People yeah. were used to going to the gym five days a week. Now they're at home and they weren't prepared yeah. for this. Here, take it. We want to, well, little way we can like make people's lives better. We want to make people's lives better because people got fun. Mm. I just wanted to ask you what your kind of future plans are. Are you writing any more books or? Well, future plans. I, first of all, I can't wait to travel again and begin the progressive calisthenic certification again. Uh, we had one scheduled for Taiwan, which who the hell knows when that's going to be allowed to happen. Any plans but, for London? You know, I just, I just can't wait to connect with people. You know, there's an amazing gym uh, called Commando Temple uh, in the Deptford Station part of London. Uh, if you happen to go by there, Rob Blair is the owner, Maya is his wife and co-owner, and Fitz, Fitz is the calisthenics coach there. We do a PCC there usually every year, obviously not 2020, and hopefully we can do it in 2021. Yeah. But yeah, we, we, well, London is one of the places we love to go there uh, at, at uh, Commando Temple. As far as books, I am working on something right now. Uh, it's in, it's, I, I'm, I'm literally working on it right now, like every day. Like here, I'm in my, my, my station over here. I have my, my notes uh, from, well, they fell, but uh, they'll still be there. I got everything, you know, ready to rock and roll, everything I need for this thing. So I'm working on something. It's going to be kind of what we've been talking about or alluding to a little bit, just hybrid strength training about a more just open way, the way I've been working out over this pandemic, the way I've been working out with the Friday Fit Club kids over this pandemic, doing our calisthenics. But throwing in some barbell squats and deadlifts, some weighted calisthenics, things that we haven't really written about, stuff that I do love doing, uh, and stuff that's completely honest and real. 
to the way I'm training exactly right now. So I'm Amazing. super excited to this thing. Hybrid strength training uh, is the working title. Hopefully this summer, 2021. That's amazing. Well, thank awesome. you so, so, so much for coming on and thank you for your time. I'd love to do this again sometime. I have like hundreds of questions. Let's do it again in a couple of months. Let's do it again when the book is out. Awesome. When the book is out, let's do it again. Okay, hopefully this amazing. summer. Amazing, that would be great. All right, thank you very much, Danny. Perfect. You're a legend. Appreciate it. Cheers, Danny. Thank you, Chris. Have a great thank week. Thank you, guys. Thanks for taking we'll the time. Speak to you soon. Take care. You got it. Keep the you dream alive. Hell yeah. All right, take care. Hell yeah. <laughs> See you later. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you.